Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. The grant. My name is Nils Tudovinder, and I am the creator, editor, and host of the grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system of topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. I have slowly moved into including other funding schemes than Horizon Europe. The Grant is thought to cover broadly the main European funding schemes. Not long ago, I had a double episode presenting an Erasmus Plus project, so the natural step for me was to move to Erasmus Plus next. Therefore, this episode is an introduction to the Erasmus Plus program, or Erasmus Plus, the EU program for education, training, youth, and sports, as it is officially named. I have little experience with this funding scheme, so I have invited one of my good old contacts, Ulla Alexandra Madel, project director at the consultancy company Eurocom and external evaluator, into the virtual podcast studio to guide me through the Erasmus Plus program. Making a solid introduction to a funding scheme takes a little time, so this became a double episode. In this second half, we go through how to apply, the evaluation regime, what happens when you actually receive funding, and the do's and don'ts of this funding scheme. Excellent for any Erasmus Plus applicant or would-be applicant. Please enjoy. The grand. Let's let's have a look at the how to apply. And I think what I put here in the rundown, it's uh, proposal types. Do you have different kinds of proposals types yes. like you have in uh, in, in Horizon I Europe? I don't know, uh, proposal types. I mean, I think the, the main difference we have is between centralized and uh, decentralized proposals. Okay, yeah. That, that is the difference. Uh, on the one hand, uh, well, uh, both uh, work through uh, online uh, systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the difference is that, for, uh, for example, for um, the K2 uh, uh, strategic partnerships, um, you apply uh, either in the context of uh, your national agency, like you can as a as a um, there are there there are several sort of access ways to access your your application. Why am I saying this? Because um, um, for example, if you write a proposal but you're not coordinating it, you can still submit it um, as long as you have the, for example, the organizational ID. Yeah. In that case, you just submit it through this uh, um, the platform of the Erasmus and Solidarity Corps page, uh, and you don't have to actually access it directly with the national agency. That, that. Okay. So you can do it through there. You pick your agency. And then everything goes into this online uh, form. You type, I mean, you don't type it in there, but usually you write your proposal, uh, you have the questions, and then you more or less copy paste it in there and hope that the characters are going to fit because that's sometimes the challenge. Okay, Uh, so because I noticed on the participants portal, you have the Erasmus calls there. 
But can you submit through the participants portal uh, where you also have the horizon calls? Mm, how- no, it's a different uh, page. It's the Solidarity Corps page. Uh, okay. It is, it, of course, it is. Uh, you you log in as your uh, organization. Yeah. Yes, but you have to be on a different page. Okay. Um, so it's and so it's it, so you have to. How is it? Does it work with uploading a a PDF? No, no, like no, a, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's like no. live or what? Do you no, have no, boxes no. where you need to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, I mean the strategy is to go there. Uh, copy out all the questions, uh-huh. have it in a Word document, uh-huh. write your thing, and then copy yeah. paste it back into the platform. That is the 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 rule for this one. Yeah. The, that's the that's the horror. Horror, yes, that's the horror. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially especially with the character limit because uh, uh, you, they will cut the text off if it's too long, and then you have to you have to make sure it's fine before you copy paste because otherwise you will struggle. No, I- you know what? I'm so angry with these th- these 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 platforms. This it's I'm so angry because it's made for administrators. It's not made for the users. No, no, it's no. It's easier uh, for the administrators probably to get it in like this, but it's a horror for everybody who's using the system. It's the same in the live program. Uh, it's 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 a cacophony to do this because you know exactly why this is a big one thing is that you need to have the characters that's not an issue what is an issue is in the proposal preparation process when you need to submit you fill in these boxes when you move towards the de- the deadline right but then you have changes no and then and you then, have technical yeah. problems also but that's, all the if time we, if you just the leave time. the technical problems aside if just so the updates of the text so you you have to it, the having the overview of what you are changing and make sure that the change came into the right box when you sit and work in a word document. It's it's horrible. It, it, it's um, yeah. No, I I do not like these systems. No, no. <laughs> I, I I I'm actually just uh, dealing with uh, it. I think it has changed again the platform, and I I'm not sure yet. But the uh, pre- last year uh, the boxes were in a way at least that you could see the whole text that you mm. had entered, and I mm. have the impression now. That it's no longer the case. The boxes stay the same size, so you have to scroll around to find your text if you want to change something. So I think it's even worse now. But uh, I'm not. Uh, I have to check. I have to check. They should. Uh, they should do this. They should do it themselves. Every everybody who is developing these systems, they should go the through. They should submit a proposal themselves. Force them to propose a submit a proposal themselves through these systems and see what they have created what monsters technical monsters they have created frankenstein monsters no oh um, no that was a degradation um, and that's uh, and that's uh, that's the the one system so that is the the that's a decentral decentralized one mm-hmm. and the centralized one is a, a different platform yeah uh, and that is uh, with the download of a pdf a document that you have to then you have a, like a form almost old style uh, with the questions where you type in all your answers um, usually you have a page limit rather than character limits where you have to fit it into a page limit yeah. um, that's similar for other programs uh, like uh, you know uh, similar the, the form is like the same almost for creative europe uh, 
for Erasmus, for maritime and fisheries, they all look uh, similar, these, uh, mm -hmm. these forms. And that's the part B that you then have to upload again when you're done. And the part A is all the partner descriptions and so on. And that usually you enter into the platform. This I don't understand why they cannot just share, do it like this with everything because in Horizon it's the same for Horizon Europe. You yeah. upload the document and then it checks if the size of the document is correct. Because the the uh, Erasmus previously was different. I mean uh, the, the the online platform. I don't know when exactly that started, but uh, well, it was a while ago, maybe 2016 or something like this. Um, but before it was a PDF. Yeah. that you filled in. It was an application one. It was quite uh, simple. And yeah. then you actually submit it on the PDF and it was sent off just yeah. automatically. Yeah. I felt that was so much easier. Like then oh, filling you, th in the you think so? You <laughs> think so? <laughs> the, uh, I guess there might be a, a uh, strategy behind saying we will, we will filter away. We get too many applications. It's too easy. Let's make it difficult. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and every every time there are changes, you know, then there is a new platform and then there are always technical issues, you know, that yeah. when they introduced the new platform, they had to extend the deadline by 24 hours yeah. uh, because uh, first they extended it by 24 hours because uh, of technical issues and then they extended it by another week for technical yeah. issues. Yeah. And so these platforms never work when they're introduced uh it's horrible, especially if you are a consultant writing something, because you have sort of, it's your work, right? You have been hired to do it, and then you get another week of it's exhaustive work, because you don't just stop working. No. You, you continue working on the... Yeah. No. Oh, Ola. Um, all right. So that's sort of the proposal types, right? So number of partners, typically. What are we talking um, here? Five, ten? Of course, it depends on what kind of project and the amount. Yes, of I think but, I already, uh, I think I already mentioned it. It, yeah. it uh, I mean, uh, mobility is uh, you can imagine. <laughs> it's like uh, groups of people usually going, uh, yeah, yeah. or uh, like individual students, uh, also depending on the different mobilities. Mm -hmm. uh, for the partnerships, uh, you know, the small ones you start with two. The bigger ones have to you start with three, and I think in terms of partners also there are the, the of course there is a, there are details in the guide about the, who is eligible in terms yeah. of partner countries. Yeah. Uh, so you have the program countries, which also include Turkey, for example, uh, and then you have the 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 associated countries, and so there are uh, rules about uh, who can participate. And for example, you have those. Uh, in the Western Balkans, uh, where the Commission or the EU, there is some priority about collaboration with the Balkans, um, also in terms of the Green Deal and so on. So you can include some partners, for example, from from Albania or Montenegro. You just have to explain why uh, or why you're including them and how this helps to reach Commission priorities. But the, you can you can include uh, these uh, countries also. And I, what we didn't talk about was uh, uh, the capacity building projects. I missed out. Sorry, we're still key action too. Yep. And they are interesting because they're international. So you yeah. have the uh, capacity building in youth, higher education and vocational education and training. Yeah. And there you have uh, regional priorities uh, of the commission. 
So you can either work, for example, with uh, the Caribbean, South America, Africa, Asia. Okay. Yeah. And then you have different uh, budgets which have been allocated to each region in terms of how many projects can be funded for each mm -hmm. of these calls, yeah. uh, which are usually once a year also. Okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, good, thanks. I'm trying to, to see if... We because we, st oh, we still have I knew it would be long because there's so many things to talk about <laughs> but it's good it's fine it's alright I can meet we can Fund meet again I don't know <laughs> uh, all, uh, funding rate so the funding rate uh, well uh, funding rate I'm not sure uh, about uh, how it works really for mobilities I'm not an expert on the mobilities as such um, corporations Yeah, for corporations, uh, I think I mentioned you have, uh, for the small ones, uh, 30 or 60. So you have lump sums now, so you have to choose from the lump sums. Yeah. For the bigger ones, you have 120, 250 or 400,000. Yeah. And then for the other projects, for example, capacity building is up to 400,000. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the alliances, um, uh, they go up. To, depending on if it's two or three years, you have to choose the length of the project. Mm -hmm. It's between a million and a million and a half. But these are co-funding projects. Okay. Uh, that's an important topic also, actually, to talk about. But they, the, these projects are at 80%, I think, uh, alliances. Okay. Um, yeah. So for the lump sums, is that principle of here you get a box of money and then you find out yourself how much you want to co-finance? How does that work? Actually, the co-financing is uh, something that has been always, you know, it's always been mentioned in Erasmus. Um, um, and it's a blurry area at the moment because for the, for the new program, um, it has been mentioned, the guide now, that it's mandatory for partners to co-finance. Yeah. Um, but uh, when evaluators are still told that it's not a reason to not fund the project, yeah. uh, but it's a, it's a, if you explain your co-funding well, it's a, it's a, a good point to get funded. Let's say okay. there is a new section now, which I mentioned briefly, is about uh, cost efficiency that didn't exist before because now the lump sum you have you have you have the lump sum, but you have to explain why uh, your activities are um, cost efficient yeah. and actually also in terms of uh, evaluation post project uh, what they really look at is if you have actually carried out your activities those are the, mm. the main thing is the results that you have produced that they correspond to what you said you were going to do yeah it's okay. um, I understand. So it's it's uh, it's it's uh, they have given much more freedom in relation to uh, to so it's not there is no funding rate basically. For no, so no, that's there that, is, there, no, you have to choose a lump sum, but then you can give, you can say uh, everybody gets two hundred a day or everybody gets hundred fifty a day. Uh, you have to just explain why you choose the rate you do. Yeah. Um, but then, for example, I evaluated project. Uh, where they put some crazy, they wanted to hire people just specifically to work on it and all that. And that, of course, then, you know, it's like, what, you want to create a post? So this was a, 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 just the project was just written to create a couple of posts uh, for some organization. And so obviously these things don't go through. I mean, um, 
Yeah. And and you and you you have to kind of know uh, what uh, you can do and what you can't do. Um. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more flexibility, but actually it makes it also complicated uh, because uh, you have you have to be very careful rather than ticking all the boxes. You now have to be very careful about how you organize it. And there are a lot more things you have to think about. Yeah, interesting. All right. So if we look at uh, eligibility and what is funded and not funded, so what does the program cover? I know, for instance, that they don't cover communication activities. Is that correct? Uh, well, no longer the yeah. case. It used to be uh, part of project management. Yeah. So that is also another change. Um, yeah. That is true. It used to be, okay, if you add communication activities to a project, very often they were cut uh, from the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer the case. So uh project management uh, they have moved back from first it was called uh, intellectual outputs then it was called results and now we've moved back to work packages as we had it in the lifelong learning program no so we're back to work packages now and 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 project management is by default the work package number one yeah and it does not have to include communication Uh, you should have uh, a maximum of five work packages in total. That's what they say. Okay. That you can't do more. That's yeah. what they want. Not more okay. than five. Yeah. Uh, and usually now one of them is linked to communication and impact. Okay. So you need to do it, but you're not funded. No, no, no. You can. Uh, no, no, no. You. It's a work package. You, you give days. Uh, it's funded. Okay. It's uh, it, it's changed. That is a change for sure. Okay, okay. Because the formation project I didn't, it was not. So they had to do it, but they didn't get. It. Uh, that was, must have been the previous program. Yeah, uh, they just finished the the program. Yeah, yeah. So that was the previous program. So that was uh, still the old uh, system. Okay, so that's good. So that so are there anything? Um, so of course everything in developing. If we just take the example of a project of developing a course or something like this. So the, the activities you mentioned earlier, you gather information, develop a curricula, you make a maybe a pilot of a program, you you have the trainers, training the trainers, sort of part of the work. That, so everything here, that's covered, right? Yes. The project management. Yes, yes. Um, um, sometimes, what's not, yeah. Uh, what's is, not there anything, is there anything specifically that's not funded? Well, you can't fund equipment. Uh, things like that, okay. um, depending on, uh, like for the strategic partnerships, uh, you're not going to uh, out, uh, well, you're not going to subcontract uh, a lot. Uh, uh, it was already in the previous program, uh, the fact that you had to co-fund any subcontracting and there is no real mention of it. So I guess you can, but actually, evaluators are, I have not really seen it though, evaluators um, really prefer for things to be carried out in-house for these projects, for the strategic uh, cooperation. Mm-hmm. When you move into something like an alliance, yes, you have subcontracting. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't usually, you try to avoid it in cooperation partnerships. Um, they, they, they don't really like it. Um, 
they they prefer to they, they their argument is that you have to choose your partners wisely to be able to carry out your project as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you want to have reasonable costs for certain things like uh, websites and stuff like that. And sure. if you do it in house and you have a partner who can do it, it's easier because you just allocate days rather than a budget. This is the same as in in other parts of the funding world here in EU, right? So, um, yeah, and you and they they will they do know what these things cost, so it's difficult to cheat on these things. <laughs> scale yeah, up, scale yeah, up. No. You cost, yeah, they know they know the standard costs. So yeah. Um, all right. Uh, eligibility criteria for joining. You're like what? Uh... Uh, I think it's it's very broad. Yeah, it's very broad. Uh, uh, you need to have a legal en- entity, basically. That's almost yeah. Uh, yeah. that's almost yeah. the 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 criterion, I yeah. would say. VAT um, uh, I would say, um, and you need to have the financial capacity, depending on the role you have in the project. Yeah. Um, they will do the check. Uh, if you coordinate, they will do it. Uh, well, mostly before uh, you get the notification that it's been approved, they already check it out. I guess that's the same also for other uh, other calls, uh, yeah. other programs. And then, uh, f- uh, then I would say country, um, country. Um, yeah. But that's uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's very open as a program. It's really accessible. Yeah, how is it with um, just let me see here country? So it's of course uh, EU, and then you have the uh, the ex- the yeah, it's basically all over Europe, right? All and and uh, partner countries and international can join, right? Yeah, I mean, depending on the call, uh, you know, I said uh, capacity building has an international aspect. Also, sometimes it's not so easy to find these partners. Uh, and it can be challenging in terms of admin uh, and rules uh, that are hard to implement because they have simple, simply different sort of administrative procedures that uh, make it complicated. Yeah. But yeah, um, depending on the call, um, yes, you can also work internationally with these uh, projects. Uh, all right. Um... I put here size of proposals, but maybe is that heaven? Um, uh, the uh, the size of the is proposals, the, the, uh, the budget. We uh, we have spoken about the budget. The yeah, size, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the workload and the size. Uh, um, the, the, there is a difference between uh, what we spoke about, the small ones, uh, but it's still a considerable effort considering the budget that you will be applying for. Mm. Um, the the strategic partnerships, uh, well, well, the applications end up having about uh, around 80, 100 pages, something like this. Uh, but that's because then the actual uh, application is generated in the system, so you enter everything into this platform, and then you you click on the PDF button, and then you get your thing, and um, uh, that's usually the amount of pages that you would get um, yeah, in this I guess proposal. For actual pages, I think for the if you if I, I keep referring to a rice because that's what I know best. So that's you would have proposals now 
down to 35 pages. Uh, but the full document yeah. is is 150 pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, because you have all the partner information, you have all the all kinds of you know, extras there. So the actual proposal itself, well, yeah. So alliances, and uh, it was reduced. It was 120 pages two years ago, and last year it was 70. How is it when you sit in, the, in a Word document? How, how long is that? When you sit and, and write it in a Word document, how long is that? Uh, when I you have finish? one right now, which is about 50 pages. Okay. And are you are you close to finish? or? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not too far off. I think it'll be okay. okay. It'll okay, be okay. So that's, that's the level. Okay. So the, the deadline is um, the deadline is on the twenty second. So usually for strategic partnerships, it's um, there are there is one main deadline in March every year, usually around the same time, uh, and then there is a second deadline in the autumn. Um, and uh, but in the autumn, for the bigger ones, there are only a few countries where you can submit, and but the small ones you have you have two options a year. Uh, and usually for youth, you have also several. You have at least two two options also. And you then know the, what I read? Oh, yep. No, and the, the other calls are usually once a year. It was once a year the deadlines. Sometimes they change, um, but there is a lot going on in the spring uh, for Erasmus. Spring is the main between January and um, and March. It's the I main period. See, I can see that you have also here in March, right? 22nd or something like yeah, this. Yeah, that's what I said. That's my deadline. Uh, uh, well. if it's, uh, I try to keep an eye on these uh, overviews of, of uh, to kind of follow what's going on in the sector because I'm, it's not my work anymore. So it's sort of get an idea of what, what my listeners have <laughs> have a workload. Um, uh, I realized something. I realized that this I just put here, uh, <laughs> mundane like this, uh, how to apply size of proposal, a proposal structure, that little small Small sentence there. That's a full. That's a full podcast episode. Uh, which one? The size, size of, propos- of proposal. How do you make a proposal for Erasmus? That's oh, a write full, a proposal. That's, that's a whole a, podcast at least. One. Two, yeah, two. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think let's just let's just leave that, and then we can maybe reschedule uh, sometime in the near future uh, if you want to share how to develop a proposal. Um, uh, that's actually very interesting, you know, because there are about 200 ways of doing it. And I'm sure everybody has a, has a different way. You could do a podcast just with people sharing how they do it. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I know people who, I mean, just I'm just going to say this now because uh, it's interesting, um, who, who involve everybody in the writing. Um, and then there are those who don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you don't, it's a lot easier. Uh, um, and but it also depends on who you're working with, who your partners are. If you if you know, you can rely on 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 on. Um, uh, if you know who they are and how they're going to work, it's a lot uh, easier to do it that way. You know um, what? I can actually do a panel because I have other uh, other in my network that uh, that uh, that are doing Erasmus. Maybe we can do with two with you and another guest uh, where we have a talk about uh, developing proposals for the so the what are the what the what does the template look like? You know what are the I will look into that. No, yeah. that's, uh, I think there is a lot to talk about there. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah. let's just uh, let's let's park that there. We already move so evaluation. So when you submit, so you already you're an evaluator yourself, and you mentioned a couple of times you've been circling around uh, what it is for an evaluator when you look at things. So is there anything about the evaluation regime you want to share with the listeners? Uh, um, I I think it's probably similar to uh, all the programs. Um, usually for um, for the decentralized projects, um, um, it takes about four months. Uh, I would say before you um, get an answer, but it really is funny because some agencies are very efficient and others are like, uh, you know, they take three months longer. Uh, but when the, when some publish the results, the others haven't even hired the evaluators to do the work. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there is an issue also with um so when you submit an Erasmus project, you can choose when you want to start for, for the strategic partnerships. Yeah. You can choose to start between September and December. Okay. Um, and and so the the thing is that um, if you, for example, as I've done it uh, last year, I chose October, uh, but then the result was out uh, a day before the project officially started, which mm-hmm. means, of course, the project was delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the agency still wants, uh, doesn't want to extend it or anything. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, you lose the time that you have lost basically. So, uh-huh. uh, before the grant agreement is signed, another two or three months have passed and then mm-hmm. you're three months behind basically when you start. So the idea is it's better to schedule it later, mm-hmm. uh, to not lose time. I would say it's better yeah. idea. Good tip. So the evaluation, if if it's uh, one of the centralized uh, calls uh, versus uh, decentralized calls, is it the same evaluation regime? Who's evaluating and how, is, mm. how does that work? Well, I guess you always have two uh, evaluators generally, and uh, then yeah. there is a consolidation. If the evaluators are too far apart, uh, for the decentralized, I know for sure that is uh, 30 points. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of them has failed it and the other one has not, uh, mm-hmm. then also either you're 30 points apart or one fails and the other one doesn't fail it. Then you have a third uh, reader. Um, and the third reader is uh, reading with the person who was... Uh, 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 and, and then the third reader, sorry, is consolidating with the person who is closer, he's closer to in his okay. evaluation. Okay. And then... The final sort of uh, result is discussed with the national agency, usually in another talk. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're the sort of uh, a consolidator then has to justify the, the, the points and the selection and sort of this bit of a sort of a, uh, yeah, interview with the agency as to uh, why they came to the result and, and, and the discussion about, you know, Okay. Yeah, and the agency then still has some room for intervention, I guess. Okay, uh, that should be pretty clear. So, so when the refunding is received, um, what's the typical duration of a project? Uh, the the duration is. Um, uh, between 
usually two years and three years, I would okay. say. For a small yeah. scale, it can be one year okay. um, uh, from one year. Um, if, uh, but now with the lump sums, uh, of course, uh, the duration is also linked to the lump sum in the sense that if you have 400,000 euros, uh, you're not going to do a one-year project. Uh, yeah. I have had that also, but then, of course, what is the impact going to be? So that is going to be a big question for the evaluators. If you work on it only for a year, what kind of impact can you generate? So yeah. the the more money you ask for, the more impact is expected. And then also the duration is linked to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so... If we now I put here the role of the national agencies, and we have been circling around that in different parts in, in the conversation here. But so when you have, uh, if it's if it's a, a decentralized call, then that's your prime primary uh, contact, right? Uh, the the coordinator then coordinates with the national agency yes. that they're connected to uh, yes, and if it's centralized it's it's a project officer from the european commission yes right? exactly so right. you have a usually you're being allocated a, a main contact at the national agency and that's the person you deal with um until they change it and it's somebody else but uh, usually yes you have one person uh that is your officer basically that you yeah. talk to all right um, it should also be pretty clear. And these things we can probably touch that also if there's something we need to dig into in a future episode on, on the proposal preparation. Now, do's and don'ts. Are there anything, you know, like core tips on what to do and not to do? Uh, I think... Uh, um... I think what I said is I think it's good to start as a partner. Uh, that's a do, definitely. So if you start stand, if you're interested in Erasmus, I think, is this something we should yeah. engage with? Then connect uh, yourself to a proposal? Yes, I would say, uh, especially if you're a newcomer, uh, yeah. because uh, that's a, a welcome feature now in projects. If you are new to it, it adds to the proposal and okay. you can gain the experience at the same time. So it's a win-win situation. Uh-huh. Um, what I wouldn't do is uh, the opposite. Uh, if you have no experience, uh, try and write a 250,000 euro project, uh, just like that. Uh, mm -hmm. You will lose a lot of time probably. Yeah. Um, you have to, you, I, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's, it would be a challenge, I guess, to get funded. Um, I think it's the same. That's a generic advice, actually, yes. to, to throw yourself at coordinating a proposal process as a newbie. That's not, it's not very, what do you say? That's not resource efficient. No, no, but some <laughs> you know, people do it. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's... Yeah, yeah. And the commission always says, oh, yes, yes, we like to have new coordinators, but, but by all means... Uh, from from experienced people here, take it from us that you don't, <laughs> you know, like see how it works for, see how it is uh, to to be in a consortium in the writing process of the proposal and see what happens throughout a project to what is it actually like, and then if you feel you have the the stomach for it uh, when you've seen what a proposal looked like, so you get an idea, then you can you can maybe if you know, like throw yourself at trying to write or coordinate this guy. So yeah. And I think another thing is definitely don't underestimate, underestimate the evaluator. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, you can go either way. 
as though mm. even if you're 100% convinced about whatever you've written, you don't know who's going to be at the other end. So it's always yeah. a lottery. Uh, so don't be frustrated by the fact that you get a low score. It doesn't mean that the proposal is necessarily bad. It can mean it, but it doesn't have to. Um, and uh, I think uh, a big mistake uh, that I see a lot is uh, that people don't explain things. I mean, they know everything. If you write something, you know everything about the topic, but that doesn't mean that the person on the other end does. So you have to be very, you have to be clear about things. Pedag pedagogic. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't leave out the bits that they need to understand what you are talking about, you know? Write, write things out. Yes. Uh, Say it as it is. Yeah. Uh, don't get lost in, in, don't get lost in internal lingo and, you know, like, d d make sure that, that as an outsider, that's, that's also a tip that yeah. I often get from my guests, you know, like, get an outsider to read it. No matter, you know, every, we all know how it is writing proposals, the one who have been doing this, that how do, on earth do I find time for someone external to, to, <laughs> to, to read my proposal, but try Try to have one, one, at least someone looking at the core parts of, of the proposal that yeah. has not necessarily any, it's best if it's no background information, but at least someone, if not that, if it's a colleague or something like this, that doesn't really know much of what you have been writing, just to, to have a, a second, some, some clear eyes uh, on, on what you want to explain. Because in the, at the end of the day, all proposals at the square root is about explaining how you want to solve a problem, how you want to, to make a new a contribution to making things better uh, within a certain, a certain area. And, you, and that can have many, you can explain that in many different ways, but this should be clear to the, to the, to the evaluate of what you want to do. Then it can be a good idea, a bad yeah, idea. No, uh, <laughs> but, another tip is to actually read the question. Because yeah. uh, a lot of people uh, don't actually answer the question. They write all sorts of things, but not what is supposed to be written. So uh, that is a very simple tip uh, <laughs> to read the question first yeah. and actually Cal be very precise in answering exactly that question. Yeah. Calibrate with the cold text. <laughs> it's another really. one, yes. Yeah, it's because it's it's honestly uh, I've, the work I the day to day work I have here my daytime work that pays my salary. It's non EU proposal related, but we do work in some projects, nationally funded or regionally funded. And there, it's common that uh, to see that the collaboration partners we have that they don't actually read the conditions of applying for. So, you know, it's a common thing that people they think first what they want money for and then they see that there's a call and then they write based on that without really digging into conditions and then you are wrong off from the beginning and then yeah. don't do that <laughs> no no the grand no my um, we are moving towards the end here. I have a segment that I have in all my uh, uh, recordings episodes here. The toughest challenge, and that's it's not a fair uh, toughest challenge I put in here because that's 
<laughs> That's pretty broad. Toughest challenge in relation to working with the Erasmus Plus program and how to deal with it. <laughs> um, now you've you've seen this. I forwarded this to you, but what is your first thought? Just you know, what is your first thought when you think about the Erasmus Plus work and working with? What is it? Was it? Oh, that's that's a uh, not to crack. Well, the I think there are several, of course. Yeah. Uh, one is the one I already mentioned, which is linked to uh, impact. I think uh, with the budget you have available, how much can you actually do? Yeah. And that is also um, directly linked to uh, something that is a real challenge, I think, which is innovation. So um, you always ask in the proposal, why is your proposal innovative? I mean, we have this all across programs, but also in Erasmus, why is it innovative? What are you going to do that hasn't been done before? And then my problem with this question is that um, uh, you know, just because there has been one small Erasmus project 20 years ago or 10 years ago, even five years ago, that has dealt with a similar topic, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the problem has been solved. Yeah. Uh, the problem is still there. It's just that five uh, partners in whatever countries have had a small chat about it for a couple of years, uh -huh. you know, and yeah. the problem is still there. Yeah. But it's almost as if in each project you have to do something new that hasn't mm -hmm. been done before. And, and, and that is a, a, um, a mistake, I think. Because if we tackle, we have to tackle societal challenges and school leaving and uh, like big issues like that, it's not like with one project that we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so that is a problem for me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't think that's a good idea uh, uh, to exclude things that. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not supposed to redo the same things, but you 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 can still work on a similar topic. You see, yeah. uh, with different uh, tools or impact or or, or different areas, uh, countries, and so on. And and th this is a challenge, I think. Uh, especially now, I think the the Commission and the agencies are becoming very sophisticated um, uh, in their database uh, spotting whatever exists out there, um, who are you working with, um, mm -hmm. and what have you done, and what are the others doing, and they have their all their projects in their results platform. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for them to say, oh, no, but that already exists, and you get that in evaluation. Well, that is not new, and this is not new, and that is not new. But what is new today? That uh, What is really new? What doesn't already exist? Like, as we move on, uh, there's hardly anything that doesn't exist in some form. Um, I, and it sounds a little bit like they have uh, copied uh, or applied the same approach as they have in the research and innovation part, where it makes sense, right? They don't fund the same innovation, right? That makes yeah, sense yeah. there, but you cannot. It's not the same with education. You cannot no, just say no. just it's exactly what you say. Of course, it's you know you need to do in different contexts or with a different angle. Different yeah. schools. I mean, you have, we work with problems in schools. Yeah, yeah. It's not like by doing one project between five schools that yeah. you're going to solve a problem that exactly. is European exactly. wide. You know. Yeah. So that is for me a real uh, challenge, and 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 I yeah. think that uh, yeah, um, and then of course I mean the. the uh, to be fair, there are also uh, consortiums and there are also partners 
who think they can just talk about the same thing forever also. Mm, yeah. um, uh, who work on the same topic and they just want to sell it uh, every year, the same thing. Uh, uh, that's also true. So, I mean, I understand also the, the view of uh, the agencies sometimes um, or evaluators to say like, uh, uh, no, we've seen this too many times. And uh, yeah. Because you have plot project or funding scheme exploiters everywhere, and of course the commission they get tired of seeing these and like just wanting to fund fund desks and, in their and, organization. You know, it's uh, yes. project hunters. It's, and that uh, is exactly what is happening now. There is a big sort of um, um, I feel feel like um, uh, this is going. This is being tackled at the moment. They are really looking at those uh, organizations. That's good. Who are um, who are doing this for a business? Yeah, that's good because it's uh, it destroys it for everybody else. That's the truth. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, one more thing. Anything I think. else? Yeah. Yes, I think one more challenge for me, uh, which I am thinking about um, a lot, is the challenge uh, mobility versus sustainability. Um, because Erasmus is a lot about mobility, about cultural exchange, about, um, you know, I mean, uh, there was always this bad rumor about people uh, just traveling around for projects and going to nice places and choosing nice locations and so on. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that is partially somewhere true, but also at the same time, it's um, a fundamental element of um of, of of what the European idea is about is to explore, especially when it comes to mobilities of youth and young people and so on. Mm -hmm. But we have now this big issue with sustainability, especially because transport and travel uh, contributes to the biggest part of uh, emissions. Um, and we have a green deal and everything has to be sustainable. The project activities have to be sustainable. You have to explain it also in the project why you're sustainable. But still... Uh, uh, you have to reduce your mobility as a part of the project. You, they like to see it now that you do. You move around less. Yeah. You're greener. But yeah. at the same time, we want you know to promote promote the European idea, and we want to have this collaboration. It's all about collaboration. Mm -hmm. But does it really work if it's only online? Um, and uh, yeah. and so that for me that's also a big challenge. Like uh, I think mobility is essential, but we have to somehow deal with this issue of reducing it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's walking the talk, so to say, right? So uh, things that the commission, the the what they preach, also they're like if they have, then they should deal with that sort of, in in one way or the other, right? So if you have a mobility program, then we should push for train travel instead of I don't know. There's something like this, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, what I was thinking about. No. Ulla. Um, we have come to an end with this program, and it is for a... This is a double episode, so... Uh, so you will be you will be on air for two Mondays in a row uh, in the near future with this podcast. It's nice. Um, okay. And um, and we will uh, we will uh, try to find uh, arrange ourselves to 
dig into preparing proposal for Erasmus. Uh, and I will, um, I will check. I have some possibilities there. We'll look into that. Thanks, listeners, for, for listening. Dear listeners, for listening to the end. I hope you find this interesting. Now we uh, have a little bit here in, in the grant on Erasmus, and we will continue digging into that as, we move, as I move on. I hope that's that's good and added value for all of you Erasmus uh, people out there that would have an interest in this program or sitting and working with it right now. Um, remember to check my uh, my website, thegrand.eu. Pass by, uh, subscribe for the email list for the podcast. It is the best way for me to grow my podcast. So as I always mention, if you have sympathy for what I'm doing, the best way to support me is by subscribing to that email list. Um, on the website, you'll find the the the, the fifty odd uh, episodes that I have by now uh, of all kinds of corners, uh, writing proposals, the process environment, research, and so on and so forth. Um, also, there you'll find the hub uh, where I try to gather links to the resources that the basic resources like the participants portal, the the brokerage uh, event sites, the you have some webinars there from the commission and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's that. Um, Ula, thanks again for dropping by the virtual podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we will we will stay in touch to to move on further with this. And for everybody out there, thank you for listening again. And see you next time. Bye.